Hey, how are you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that puts you in control of your freelancer finances. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer Lucas Gini. I think I've been drawing since I was a kid and I never really understood that this could be work. Brazilian government bought like 2,000 copies of that book and it's going to public schools all over the country. Seeing kids actually learning and having fun with something I drew and my friend wrote, I think it's the most amazing sensation ever. I think that when I got to be a full-time freelancer, I discovered myself again. Like, it seemed like everything started over. Yeah, so this week we're off to Brazil. That is Lucas, the final episode of Season 7. Although, don't get too upset, because basically we've got a week off for Easter, and then we're back with Season 8, and even more great guests. So make sure you've hit subscribe so that you get them as soon as they come. Make sure you join the community of other freelancers, your new BFFs, your Being Freelance friends. I'm, I'm kind of, I've started using that. Nobody else has started using it yet, but I'm thinking it might catch on. You never know. Uh, so, yeah, come and join us in the community. There's a link at beingfreelance.com. All the other episodes are there. The vlog, articles, it's all there, beingfreelance.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram and just say hello. That's always nice. And remember, do us a big favor. If you can, if, wherever you get your podcast, if there's an opportunity to leave a review, I don't, can you do that on Spotify? I'm not sure. But for example, you can definitely do it on Apple Podcasts. So, leave a review that would be amazing but also just tell other people maybe you're writing a blog post or tweet or a story as you listen to it or at a meetup or just going for a coffee with another freelancer friend tell them <laughs> help spread the word bit by bit that that would mean a lot to me so thanks a lot anyway right that's enough let's crack on and say hello to this week's guest and that is freelance graphic designer lucas genie hey lucas hey steve how are you doing Thanks for inviting me. I'm good. I think you're not the first Brazilian, but you're the first one who is still in Brazil. Yeah, I heard last episode with Mariana. Yeah, so we have Mariana, who's now in the UK. I think we had Kelly once, who is in New York. So wh whereabouts in Brazil are you? I'm in Sao Paulo. I'm actually kind of countryside, but really close to Sao Paulo. Everything I do is there, so. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Okay, so I think I never really got a nine-to-five job because I first graduated in advertising, and despite of all the initial excitement, I found that I really don't like working with it. So I started working as a freelance for advertising agencies, and reading and seeing things about graphic design, I really found out that I wanted to be a graphic designer, not an advertiser. So after this first graduation and still working at advertising agencies, I studied again another graduation for graphic design this time. So it, it was a tough decision because I also had to kind of go back to being an intern and never getting like a junior designer place. So I think it was a little bit tough, but 
it was the right decision for me. Excellent. And when was that? Just to put things in perspective. My second graduation started in 2014. <laughs> Your second graduation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you've graduated for the second time in 2014. What, what did you do after, after you got that certificate? Yeah. Um, actually, I started the second graduation in 2014 and ended it in 2016. But while I was there, I started to know people that worked with graphic design and I worked for a while in a branding studio. Actually, a big company working for branding. And I learned a lot from there because I really had that advertising mindset that would not work for anything that I wanted to do. So I worked a lot and uh, for about two years there. And then I went to a really small studio with two other people which also changed a lot my experience. I learned a lot about talking to clients and doing meetings and everything else apart from doing the graphic design itself. Because in the, the big company, I was the intern, so I did the job, but I had no client contact. I didn't go to meetings. I didn't do anything else. So in 2016, I... It, it was like a desperate year because <laughs> I was doing my final work for the second graduation and I had two jobs actually. I spent a bit of my week working with a type designer from home and the rest of the week I was in that studio, that small studio. It was really, really busy, but I think it was essential to becoming a freelance then after that. So it was the most learning time i guess yeah because whilst you were learning skills at the university you were actually learning what it was going to be like in the real business world from all that extra work you were putting in there and then yes but also it it wasn't like a i i didn't make the decision to become a freelance full-time by the end of 2016 the studio couldn't could not keep me there and the type designer I worked with could not pay me anymore either. And college ended, so everything changed. And I didn't know what to do. I just took a month to think about what I was going to do. And I was really upset because of all of that. But then one job just popped out. Like someone called me to do something and I worked for like six hours and was paid more than I used to get in a whole month. <laughs> so this is when I thought, whoa, maybe, maybe I don't need to look for a job anymore. So how did you go about getting those first freelance clients? To this day, the places are, I get more jobs is from ex-co-workers and ex-bosses. People that I know from working in agencies and studios and even other freelances, I think this is the, the way that things come for me. I don't remember really getting clients from my website or Behance. I mean, I have it all updated and everything, but most of my clients are indications. But are you working remotely or do you ever have to go in and work in their buildings? Most of the time I work from home. As I said, I live in the countryside, so it's it's kind of difficult to go to the city if I have to go like every day. 
But sometimes I get an agency or something that I spend a week or a month and I go there. But I don't really think it's necessary. So <laughs> whenever I can discuss that with clients, I can really show them that I don't need to get in a car and spend two hours going out there just to see you in person because I can really send you an email and everything is going to be fine. So obviously you you graduated in graphic design, but I know that, you know, from having seen some of your work as well, that you like to do illustration as well, right? Yeah. I'm trying to focus actually in illustration and type design now, which are both amazing and hard things to do for me. So I'm not sure I'll be able to work with them both, but I can try still. So that's what I'm doing now. I think I've been drawing since I was a kid, which is everyone else's story also. And I never really understood that this could be work, I guess. And I never really connected dots like graphic design and illustration seem to be pretty much the same thing to me it's like the same mindset to create things like illustration is not always drawing but it's solving a graphic problem with maybe drawings or collage or something so when i did this connection in my mind i was like hey i think i need to be an illustrator i want that since i was a kid and i did this whole big way with advertising and graphic design, branding. And it's not that I hate those things, but I really feel much better when I'm with brushes and ink or even in Photoshop, I don't know, but doing things like creating illustrations. And so how did you go about getting illustration work? Like, did you just go to your existing clients and say, hey, by the way, I could do something like this? I never really thought of that, really. Maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, how, so how did you? Like, how, how did you make that transition? I know you're still primarily a graphic designer, but obviously you wanted to be doing it. Well, first of all, my portfolio now has lots of illustration work. I'm trying to focus that instead of showing branding, logos, and everything else. I think that's a point. But I think the first step was a work I did in the graduation that in, in someone's class, I don't even recall what class was that, but the teacher said, well, you all choose some children's story and illustrate that. That's the work. And I thought I could invite someone to create a story because I didn't have time or creativity at the time to create one by myself. And I invited a friend and I illustrated it. By the time I got it ready, I wasn't really happy with it, but I redid everything on vacation. And we got really lucky to know someone that worked for a publisher. And the book was actually published. So I think this is the, the initial kick for that. <laughs> I actually saw that, hey, if I post this, maybe people will look for me to illustration, not for graphic design. Wow, so it came off the back of a college project. Yeah. <laughs> and is that because I'm, I'm aware that like, one of your books is, is now going out to all or most Brazilian schools, right? Yeah, yeah. Not all because, well, Brazil is really big, but I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. with that because Brazilian government bought like 2,000 copies of that book and it's going to public schools all over the country. 
this is probably the the coolest thing in my career. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. And like you could have taken that project from your tutor and just like taken any story that was already written, you know, like from Goldilocks and the Three Bears to The Little Mermaid. But instead, yeah. you you decided to bring somebody on and create something new and look where it's gone. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think we got really lucky, but there's some credit to the story. It's a really good story <laughs> and it's all rhymed. So I think it's cool for kids. Since we, we finished this project, we have seen some kids like buying the books and reading with their parents. And this is the most amazing sensation ever. Like seeing kids actually learning and having fun with something I drew and my friend wrote. So I think it's the, the biggest sensation of my work is in real life now, you know? I mean, that was effectively a side project, which then grew and is now focusing in, into your work. Do, do you do much other sort of like personal creative side projects? Yeah, I think I've always loved side projects and I, I've always had them. But of course, when I had, when I was an intern or a freelancer in agencies, I had less time for it. So when I got to be a full-time freelancer, I felt amazing that hey, I can pull off like five hours to do something that I want. And of course, you can't like exaggerate on that because you're not getting paid. But maybe there's something that could be paid someday. Like this book is getting somewhere, you know. So nowadays I have personal projects with fonts because I want to become a type designer. And it's, it's a strange market. I mean, if you don't do your things by yourself, it's really hard to get somewhere. <laughs> Even if you were trying to get to a nine to five job, which is really rare because there are not many agencies, type foundries that look for designers to work full time. But even if you're doing that, you have to show some work. You have to show fonts you did, you designed, and it's it's a work you have to spend so many hours on your own drawing and programming and it's like a big side project <laughs> anyway. And I keep on doing children's books also. So you mentioned living in the country and, you know, working from home. So how's your work-life balance? How have you sort of adapted your lifestyle in the last couple of years? I think work-life balance is the most difficult thing about being freelancer because... I tend to be a workaholic, you know, <laughs> I think everyone does, I don't know, but rationally I can think that, hey, I don't want to work like 12 hours a day and never see my friends, but sometimes it's like midnight and I look in the around and there's no one and I'm working, <laughs> like everyone should be at the bar, so it's a little tough for me and living in the countryside is a little bit different because I have to plan things a little bit more i have to know that things is is happening like two hours before it's happening or else i'll never get there and something like that but i think being a freelance is improving all the time i think that when i got to be a full-time freelancer i discovered myself again like it seems like everything started over and um getting to be like an adult now <laughs> I don't know that's the sensation I have you've managed okay with like the 
business side of things since since what you picked up from the studio or have there been struggles i haven't had too much struggle because i think i deal really good with money so it's never been a problem i don't spend a lot and while i still live with my parents so i don't really spend too much to i share bills and everything so i don't have like a expensive lifestyle and this is in my opinion very important if you want to become a freelance especially when you're young because you can really get excited on hey i don't have a boss i can spend everything on the bar and well that's not gonna take you far <laughs> so i think i haven't struggled a lot but as i said i think i'm always improving i'm always getting references on the internet of how people do things how they deal with cash flow and clients and how to politely ask for a client to pay since they're late already <laughs> which happens a lot but i i think I like it this way, you know, when I had a job and I got paid like every month the same day, it was cool. I cannot complain of that. It was like a secure option, but I don't know. I think I like to be in full control of everything I do. So I feel like I, I'm going the right way now, you know. <laughs> and how do you manage your day? Are you somebody who has multiple projects on the go at once or do you tend to focus on one thing? I usually have lots of projects. I mean, not lots, but like 10 things going, but I usually have at least two or three things going on. I try to be hard on my schedule. Like I have a time to have lunch, a time to take a bath, like to do some exercise, to wake up, everything. I try to be a little bit hard on myself with that. It it doesn't work all the time, but I think it's a good starting point. If I don't set myself some time to do things, I think I'll be completely lost. And maybe I'll spend the whole day doing some project that wasn't a priority or spend a whole day getting references for something that I should spend like one hour. So it works for people in different ways. But for me today, that's the way it works. I've seen lots of freelancers that don't really do that. They work on the thing they feel like working every day. And I really admire that. But I'm not sure if I can do this like tomorrow. I don't know. I'm preparing myself to someday be more flexible, but I'm not sure how long it's going to take. So are you part of a community at all of other freelancers or other designers? Because uh, obviously you, you live out in the sticks, but you've got your family around you, so it's not like you're isolated. But do you know other people like you, basically? Mm, I do know other freelancers and illustrators and designers mostly, but I really lack a community thing like i've seen you have been on lots of freelancers events and talks and i don't know non-employee of the month prizes <laughs> and i i'm i'm not sure if i just don't know or they really don't exist a lot here in brazil or in sao paulo because i i get these things i have events with designers and illustrators but i don't really know people that work with anything else that do it from home or that don't have a nine-to-five job so 
this isolation is a little bit hard to deal with, but I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm trying to to know other people. I'm trying to ask people to tell me what they do, how they deal with things, like pretty much like you do with this podcast. So <laughs> I think it helped me a lot. That's got what the podcast helped you. Yeah, yeah. Because when I'm when I was in advertising agencies or even graphic design studios, I just couldn't listen to podcasts because I had this thing that oh my god, I cannot work with these people talking in my head. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But after I started working from home with no team and not much of oh let's stop for a coffee or something, uh, I really found out podcasts are. The, the way to feel better and to listen to people and to learn from people while I'm doing what I have to do. So, Well, hurrah for that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you found it. Are most of your clients then Brazilian or do you work with clients all over the world or are they all quite local? Most of my clients are local yet. I want to project my career to be more international, but I think I struggle with it because I'm also trying still trying to be more of an illustrator and type designer and I feel like there's a lot to do and I can't do it all at the same time but I plan to be more international because I feel like I can experience different markets all over the world like from listening to podcasts and seeing things online or even other portfolios I feel that countries have their characteristics like I see that there's some kind of illustration that is selling a lot like in Europe or in the US and I want to see that kind of thing happening. I want to have this like in international experience doing different things and different demands. Yeah, but you haven't figured out how to do that yet. Not exactly. I think I, I trust on the thing like, oh, if I update my portfolio and I have really cool projects, people will ask for it. But I'm not sure because, as I said, this haven't worked a lot for me to this day. So uh, I plan on having an illustration agency someday, um, trying to work on my portfolio to send to some agencies and maybe have them looking for works for me especially for children's books because in brazil it's a really tough market like i love this thing that happened with my project and i love doing that but getting some real money out of children's books in brazil is like i don't even know if it's possible actually because it's a smaller market yeah it's it's tough to sell lots of books here and i don't know if someone could really live only doing that i don't know actually if it's any different in other places but <laughs> i want to find out you know you spoke about updating your portfolio and uh, in various places but are, are you also on for example twitter or instagram you know the likes of those putting yourself self out i'm in instagram with my drawings and my work and i have a personal account in facebook but I found out that social network is not really a good thing for me. <laughs> I don't know. I get a little anxious with all that. And I've had lots of days last year that I spent more time than I wanted seeing things and updating things and looking for things in Facebook or Instagram. So 
I'm trying to be a little apart from all of that now. I'm using less, which is, I don't know, I get always this, this tense feeling that maybe I should be updating every day. Maybe I should be doing more instead of less, but I don't know. My days are really longer and they, I work a really lot better when I'm not doing these things, when I'm not visiting Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, it's a tough one. So it's for di- so you kind of feel like you should be doing it, but there's a distraction that you would rather not have. Yeah, yeah, it's big distraction for me. <laughs> and I don't know. I know a lot, lots of stories of people that grew up in Instagram and are doing amazing jobs for illustration all over the world because of it. But I don't know. Maybe this is just not my thing. I I have to believe that because <laughs> I don't know. I spent a lot of time doing it and I never really got a job for it from Instagram or Facebook. So I'm working on other things now, trying other ways to to put my name over there. Yeah, it's good to get your name out there. But equally, if something isn't working for you, then that's good to recognize that too, isn't it? If it's not making you feel good. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me, Lucas? Okay, so this may look a little dramatic and most of them are really embarrassing, but let's go. (laughs) Good, good. All the times I broke bones in my body, I was playing sports all by myself. Um, when I first qualified for graduation, for advertising graduation, I tattooed the advertising sum- symbol and it's a rooster and I, I regret it a lot <laughs> because as I said, I, I don't like working with advertising. So, And I'm capable of sleeping in pretty much any conditions because in a certain state of tired, my body, it simply shuts down. Okay, so you can basically sleep anywhere. Where's where, where, where's the weirdest places you've slept? I've slept on foot watching the carnival <laughs> live. What's standing in the big crowd yeah. <laughs> watching what what we think of as the famous Brazilian type carnival? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're in the crowd being propped up by everybody else like a penguin, but asleep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And I wasn't drunk, which is really important to say. (laughs) I've also slept in concerts. Once I slept driving, which was not very cool. But, I mean, I can do this on foot and sitting or laid, anything. I can sleep. Wow. You have a tattoo. So where's the tattoo of the rooster? It's on my left shoulder. When When I qualified for graduation, I was really excited because... My father is an advertiser, and I was like, oh, my God, this is what I'm doing for my life. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I was so excited that I drew, like, this rooster, which is, I don't know if this is international, but here in Brazil, it is, like, an advertising symbol. And I drew it in a style that nowadays I hate, and I would never do an illustration like that again. But I went to a tattoo shop and said, yeah, I want this like eight inches high and right here. And it's terrible, really. It's ugly. (laughs) And I never really covered it up because so afraid that I'll regret and have to cover it up again. And I can't spend all my life like covering tattoos in my 
shoulder or my chest. So, <laughs> and every time you've broken a bone, it is while you've been playing sport by yourself. You're the only one playing a game, but you've somehow managed to. <laughs> so what? Like, how? Yeah, I I don't have any brothers. So when I was a kid, I used to play sports by myself in the garden and things like that. So. I once broke my front tooth like playing basketball on my own <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I was really concentrated in the ball and I didn't look like where I was stepping and I had my face on the ground. And other time I broke my, I broke my little toe because I wanted to kick a ball. And again, I was so concentrated in, I don't know, everything else even being on my own, that I kicked like an iron <gasps> playground swing Ow. <laughs> that I had. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay, bones, tattoos, sleep, and it, these all sound true. <laughs> I actually have no idea. To, to sleep anywhere? I don't know. I really don't. Okay, you don't have a tattoo that you hate ah oh, shit you're right <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, it was very believable like you sounded genuinely upset but you got it done <laughs> oh if I had it I'd be really upset I guarantee you <laughs> now if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance what would that be oh I think as I said freelancing is about knowing yourself and where you want to go, how you want to live, and of course, working a lot. But I tell myself to stop being afraid of failing. And I think this advice is still works for me because I'm still afraid of doing like bad work and not getting my name over there and everything else. But yeah, I think my, my really, my advice for myself would be, hey, relax and don't be a bad boss to yourself because I don't think I would be a bad boss to anyone else. So why am I doing this to myself? I like that. We've had a lot of conversations on this podcast, but not that is the first time anybody said, don't be a bad boss to yourself. I like that. Lucas, thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com. As ever, there are links through for all of our guests, which means you can go through and find Lucas's work and uh, and check out what he's up to. Um, that's beingfreelance.com. While you're there, check out the other episodes. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Please leave a comment on, on the videos there. And of course, we have the community. Lucas is in there too so yeah come and find us um there's a link at beingfreelance.com so that you can uh, come and join us for everything that we're up to including the non-employee of the week awards and the live q a's and the mini masterminds and more that's at beingfreelance.com follow the link through to the community what's the freelance i guess scene like in brazil as in is, is there a lot of people be being freelance across the country well, um, as I said, most people that I know that work as freelancers are illustrators and graphic designers. I don't know if these careers are easier to be a freelance here, but or if I'm just like in these uh, markets and I don't know anything else from another ones. But I don't know lots of people doing homework and doing that kind of stuff in other markets. I'm not sure if this is like a big thing in Brazil. As I said, I lack this sense of community, but we'll get there, I guess. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, if you've not got that community, maybe you need to go and start it. That's something which has come up in the past for sure. Lucas, thank you so much. Yeah, make sure you check out his work. But for now, Lucas, all the best being freelance. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for inviting me. 